With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's the Opposition Research Podcast on HawkeyeNation.com. And welcome to the inaugural Opposition Research Podcast right here on HawkeyeNation.com. My name is Andrew Downs, and I'm excited to be jumping on with Hawkeye Nation for this podcast. Now, before we get to this week's guest, I want to lay out what I envision for this show. Each week, I will find a beat reporter, a blogger, a broadcaster of some sort that covers Iowa's upcoming opponent. Then I'll try to get their perspective, not just on the upcoming game, but on the Iowa team and the season as a whole. If you have a suggestion for who I should talk to in a given week or or if you have any questions you would like me to ask, you can find me on Twitter at Andrew C. Downs. Now let's get to this week's game, and what better way to start than the most anticipated Cyhawk game of my lifetime? I throw out that little caveat of my lifetime because I've had a few people say that the 1977 game, which was the first after a 42-year hiatus, was more anticipated, and that may be true. But in the modern era, this week's game is as big as it gets. 18th-ranked Iowa, unranked Iowa State. The game is in Ames, where ESPN's College Game Day will be making its first-ever appearance. And this game is essentially a pick 'em as we sit here on Tuesday, depending on where you look. I've seen each team favored by a point or so, but for our purposes here, we're not a gambling podcast. Let's just say it's a pick 'em. My guest today is a good friend of mine. We've been doing radio together for about 10 years and doing so on a daily basis for the last five. On Saturday afternoons during football season, I listen to two podcasts. John Miller's Instant Reaction here on Hawkeye Nation and Chris Williams' Instant Reaction on Cyclone Fanatic. He is the undisputed king of the Cyclones, host of the Sports Fanatics weekdays at 4 on 1460 KXNO and publisher and face of CycloneFanatic.com. Chris Williams, thank you for the time, man. That's a really um, nice and not necessary introduction. I appreciate it. It's good to be back on here um, on Hawkeye Nation. I, too, listen to the Hawkeye Nation podcast. You guys do a great job, um, but I won't be listening on Saturday unless Iowa State wins, and then it'll be very um, oh, it'll be a fun one to tune into if that's the case. Yeah, that, that's probably the case <laughs> for me, too. I probably won't listen to your instant reaction unless the Cyclones lose. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Let, That's what it's all about. Let's start with the important question: Who's going to be the guest picker? I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I, I don't. I promise I won't ask you that. That's it's. I'm exhausted by that conversation already. I'm done with it. I won't do it anymore. I do want to get your thoughts and observations on Iowa's team specifically in, in a couple of minutes, but let's focus on the Cyclones to start. We've only seen Iowa State once this season. It was a triple overtime win over you and I in Week One. Do you consider it a positive or a negative that Iowa State didn't play this past Saturday? Well, I. Honestly, I, I I know I'm going against the grain here. I think it was a positive. They, I, the reason being is that they just had so much to work out when it comes to just film stuff, um, pass protection, uh, penalties, you know, just things like that that film can really work on um, more so. I more so than maybe even getting out there. So from that sense, in that sense alone, I would say it's a positive. They would have gone out there. And maybe the you and I game would have gone a little differently. Maybe I'd have a different. And here's the deal, though. Like I still think Iowa State has good players. 
this isn't a like I don't look at this team and what happened against Northern Iowa and question really personnel and talent. Like it's still a really talented team. They just had some things to work out. And I, at the end of the day, I think Iowa State has a really good football coach in Matt Campbell. So I'll trust him during the bye week. Uh, I totally see the other side about getting out there and working the kinks out. But I, I think that a lot of the mistakes you saw against the Panthers were film-related and, and stuff that they could work out during that bye. And at, and at least they got that game this year. You know, last year that yeah. game was rained out. So, so they they at least got that under their belt. And I agree about Campbell. You saw the turn they made, what, three or four games into the season last year. It looked like it was going to get away from him. And then it, it went the opposite way, and they ended up having a great season. What was the biggest concern you saw in that win over you and I? Well, you know, my thing was just Campbell's teams are generally – I've been saying this a lot lately, and I think Iowa fans can appreciate it. They're a lot like Ferentz teams. Like, I I think there's so many parallels between these two coaches. Um, They take after Bill Snyder teams at Kansas State, and what you do there is you win by uh, being more disciplined. You win by – you you ask any coach – in the country who goes against Campbell and they say Iowa State's teams, you know, they're gritty. They, they really want it. They play so hard for him. What I, what I didn't see against Northern Iowa, I thought they played hard. I thought they showed up, but they didn't execute when they needed to. I mean, they would, they would, if you look at like the, the stats, like it shouldn't have even been a football game. Iowa State doubled up Northern Iowa in like yards per play. Uh, they dominated the line of scrimmage and all these different aspects of the game. But then when it came to, oh, punch one in the end zone, oh, there's a 15-yard unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, or here's a hold, or the crack black block. And there were just unlike uh, penalties that they haven't committed the last couple of years in times that really mattered. You know, And had they cleaned that up, they could have been up 14 nothing in the second quarter, and everything's a little bit different. You, know, you can kind of hit cruise control. Instead, you know, you keep making these foolish mistakes. The Brock Purdy, um, uh, the controversial fumble that, that Northern Iowa took back for a touchdown. That's a seven-point swap. You miss a chip shot field goal. There's three. So you, you just add it all up. And Northern Iowa is a good enough of a team where they can damn near beat you. And, and they almost did. So really, I mean, I, or we, we can overthink things and talk schematics and all this stuff, but I do think at the end of the day they have good football players. But Iowa State's not good enough. They don't have the margin of victory to just waltz in. And th- th- this isn't Alabama talent. This isn't Clemson talent. They can't afford to have untimely penalties and not play disciplined football. They didn't against the Panthers, and, uh, and it almost bit them. What was the biggest positive you saw in that game for Iowa State? The defense is exactly what we thought it would be. I mean, they Northern Iowa couldn't run the ball. They averaged um, almost um, a yard per carry. Um, really, the if you go back and watch it, the big plays and like the positive yard yardage plays that Northern Iowa had were on broken plays when that quarterback would get out wide and he would improvise. And at that point, you know, it, it becomes difficult to cover a receiver for. 10, 12 seconds, right? And and that, that quarterback for you and I did a really good job of extending plays. So it really, I mean, the defense is exactly what I thought it would be, exactly what I hoped it would be. And I also, believe it or not, like the running backs. I know that they didn't break anything. They're, um, it wasn't a gaudy performance, but three guys each got about the same amount of snaps and average 4.3 yards per carry. That is impressive to me in the sense that I still don't know exactly what Iowa State's offensive line is. Um, It shows me that they were able to move 
the football on the ground pretty much at will with a very vanilla playbook. So, I, I mean, totally different ball game when you take on Iowa and that defensive line, and we'll see if that can carry over. But I thought all three running backs that were in the game looked pretty good. From the Iowa State perspective, what's the most dangerous part of Iowa's team? Oh, man, I, I think that that's a pretty obvious one for me, and it's that front four on, on defense. I mean, it, it it comes to a deal where it's like, can you – can you block Epinesa? Can you block those guys consistently? And if not, you know, do you need to bring in extra help? Do you need to utilize the tight ends? I think Iowa State will. I think they'll play three tight ends a lot of that game on Saturday. Um, and it, it, it to me, it's that. I, I think that this matchup is different than in recent years. We've we've watched this game and be like, man, Iowa can go on these eight nine minute drives and just pound Iowa State and run at will. I don't think they'll be able to do that this year. Uh, so to me, I, I have to go on the other side, and it's being able to, you know, neutralize Iowa's defensive line, and then um, trying to get the ball downfield. Because if you don't have time, you can't push the ball downfield, and that's the real weakness of the Iowa Hawkeyes is if you can get it into the back end of that defense. But that's the catch twenty-two. If you don't have time, you can't do that. So no doubt, that's the matchup that I think everybody will be watching on Saturday. How concerned are you about Nate Stanley and the seemingly revamped wide receiver core? Um, uh, I would say semi-concerned. Stanley is he's a he's the type of quarterback that Iowa State just doesn't see very often. You you don't see a lot of pro style guys like that in the Big Twelve. So I, I think it can actually play to an advantage for Iowa State. I do think that they're going to try and get him on the run. Uh, the thing about Nate, though, that I really respect about him is he'll take a hit. You know, he'll stand in the pocket and take a hit. I think he's going to have to do that on Saturday. The receivers are fine. I, I think that they're, oh, I think they're they're pretty good for for Iowa standards and what they've had. And but it, it's you got to realize this is a defense that's made to defend the Big Twelve receivers too, and you see that a lot. Um, I would rather Iowa have a team like this than have those two elite tight ends like they had a year ago. I think that's a lot more difficult for a defense like Iowa State to defend. But Stanley, I mean, I, I have nothing but respect for him. He came in here two years ago and had that unbelievable game as a freshman, and he, he's he's got nothing but respect for me. I'm more interested in you know how quickly Iowa State can get to him. So I don't. I don't think. I think most Iowa fans respect Iowa State's defensive line. I don't think they quite know how good it actually is, and the how deep it is now because it's just pretty unique for this rivalry for Iowa State to be that good on that aspect of the game. So to me, you know, that's the key matchup for both sides is these offensive lines because Iowa's dinged up. You know, a freshman at center um, going against. I, I, to me, like that. That's where the game's going to be decided on both sides. What is the area of Iowa's team you think the Cyclones will be able to exploit with the most success? Oh, man, uh, that's a really good question. I don't know anything offensively that Iowa State will be able to do to exploit Iowa um, just because I have so many concerns about being able to push the ball downfield. I do think that they're going to use tight ends and running backs in the passing game a lot and try and spread Iowa out defensively. I don't know if that's necessarily exploiting it. I think I will have a really hard time just handing the ball off and running the football. Um, I, I think that Iowa State's front seven is, is good enough, and I wouldn't be surprised. You know, they've got so much depth if if John Haycock elected to play a four-man front every once in a while. I, I think that they have the versatility and the, 
multiplicity to do a lot of that. So I think that, yeah, I think that if if, if this is not going to be a 13-6 to six game or a 6-3 to three game or whatever, if this is going to be a game that gets into the 20s, I think Iowa will have to do it through through Nate Stanley and the wide receivers. And, I, um, and, and, and then you ask yourself, can Iowa win a game like that on the road? Probably, but um, I think it's going to be a test, too. If it, the, the higher scoring this game gets, the more I like Iowa State. I'll put it that way. Is the debate over which team was more instrumental in getting game day to Ames the dumbest Twitter debate you've ever seen? <laughs> yes. It made me just want to, like, um, blow up my cell phone. Yeah, right. Saturday night. De- Honestly, I had, to put it, I had to put it away, Andrew, because I – I was having such a great day. Like I have a three week old daughter and I spent the whole day holding her and watching football. And then I'm, I'm, I really like, I cheer for Texas. They're one of my, cause of Tom Herman being there and he's my buddy. And I was really excited to watch that game. Nebraska just lost, which was awesome. Yes, it was. For Colorado. And like, I was having this great day and I was super excited to watch Texas. And then the game day thing happened and you know, I inevitably, it was my job. I had to put out a couple of opinions on it, stuff like that. And then, you know, it just turns into exactly what you would expect. Uh, <laughs> Iowa fans are coming at me. Iowa State fans are pissed at me even. Like, yeah, it was it was horrible. I had to just put it away. I had to force myself to go and, like, lock my phone in my drawer on Saturday night. And at the end of the day, um, I don't care what anybody says. It's great for both programs. Like, there's going to be Iowa people at game day too. Like, there's Iowa fans who live in Ames, for God's sake. Like, both both programs are going to be represented. And I think that uh, Bloom gave me a great stat the other night that I think like Iowa's like 11 and 10 in the last 21 years to Iowa State. It's like seriously, though, think about all the rivalries in college football over the last decade. Yeah, how many of them are that down the middle? Like, it's really it really is an awesome rivalry now. If you just go over the last couple of decades, and you don't, you know, if you don't go back to the pre McCartney years, right? So it's it's cool, and I'm just glad that the whole country is going to be able to see it. I hope game day portrays it that way. I hope it's just not shots of cornfields and stuff like that. I'm sure that there'll be some of that, <laughs> and will. I'm okay with that. Yeah, but I want like the, I want like you know, with my family, like my family is truly a house divided. It's it truly is. I would. I want like the family aspect and the friends and like the friends tailgating together, because that's what it means to me. Um, and I, I think that's what makes it special. It's like we can sit here and root root for and against each other on Saturdays or whatever, but we're not killing each other like people do in Alabama and Auburn series, right? Yeah, it, and if, I hope that's what is portrayed. If you pull away from the cesspool that is Twitter and social media, the Cyhawk is is a really cool thing. Yeah, no doubt. But I think that there's like this representation of it now because of social media that didn't exist, you know, when we were kids. I I was an Iowa fan growing up, and I I didn't hate Iowa State. I really didn't. Like, I I, never. Now, granted, Iowa State wasn't really much of a threat back during that day either. But I I just Iowa State was just like a team that you played and talked a little smack, and and that was about it. It wasn't like on Saturdays I was waking up and. Oh, I'm you know rooting for Kansas State today because they're playing the Cyclones. Like that never even came across. But now I will say, like it's funny. Um, Bill Blank, who is a friend of ours, he was on Twitter with me last night, joking that he's like, oh, there's still a little bit of Hawkeye in you. And I go, Bill, no, that that little last bit that was probably there a few years ago is now dead because of Hawkeye Twitter. <laughs> and it's 
But it's the reality, though. Like when yeah. you're vulgar and you come at somebody, and we all are guilty of doing this to some degree, and you're so nasty on social media because you're behind an anonymous name and you feel like you can you're invincible. That does impact how people think of your fa- of your team. It just you know we're all human beings and it's a little bit unfortunate. So, but if you can stay off of Twitter this week, I would highly advise doing so. I I would agree. Chris, thank you so much for the time, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for being my first ever guest on the uh, Opposition yeah. Research podcast and and you were a big part of the idea behind this thing, so I appreciate it. Well, this is going to be great and that's one thing in me as a fan. I to the point like I I feel like fans are so educated now. They know just about everything there is to know about your own team. It's often on game week where it's like the other team, and that's what I'm starting to want to know more about. So I think this will be a huge hit. So let me know however I can help, buddy. I appreciate it, man. Have a good one. You too. And thank you so much to Chris Williams for being my first guest and for helping me come up with the idea for this. You know, he's he's exactly right. It was especially in the 2015 season when Iowa went 12-0, and and I found myself each week just – hungering for more and more content and I would go and look for the people who are covering Iowa's opponent and try to find their podcasts about their teams just so I could do a little more research find out a little bit more about that team and find out what they thought of the upcoming game against Iowa so I figured I would do this myself thank you for listening to the opposition research podcast here on HawkeyeNation.com